When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by Crosshairs by Patricia Bradley. When evil just won't quit, good must prevail. Investigative Services Branch Ranger Ainsley Beaumont wishes the visit to her hometown of Natchez, Mississippi was under better circumstances. When she arrived to investigate the murder of a pregnant teenager, she never imagined that she would become the killer's next target, or that she'd have to work alongside an old flame. After he almost killed a child, former FBI sniper Lincoln Steele couldn't bring himself to fire a gun, which had deadly consequences for his best friend. Crushed beneath a load of guilt, Link is working at Melrose Estate as an interpretive ranger. But as danger closes in on Ainsley during her murder investigation, Link will have to find the courage to protect her. The only question is, will it be too little, too late? Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 115, and we are recording on Friday, November 12th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Nezra Javed, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Nezra. How are you? I am good, Katie. I am excited that it's Friday, but also we have some international travel that we're doing. Oh, wow. With a toddler. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) So I am apprehensive but also excited because it's a 15-hour flight and I'm excited to hopefully put my family to sleep and get some uninterrupted reading time. <laughs> oh man. How I'll put them to sleep though, we'll see. Let's not <laughs> talk about that on air. <laughs> oh my gosh. I yeah the I I don't do a ton of travel and most of the travel I've done has been within the United States, but I did have to do an eight hour flight for our honeymoon to London a few years ago, and that eight hours was soul-crushing. And I thought I that we would be smart and take a red-eye flight. And it's like, oh yeah, we'll get in in the morning, we'll sleep on the plane. I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't sleep a wink. So the thought of a 15-hour flight, I'm like, oh, my legs are cramping already from <laughs> being stuck in a plane. <laughs> Yeah, and like at one after, I think after the nine hour mark, you're just like, can you just drop me here? Can the plane just open and I can just fall off? Yeah, just drop me off here. I'm fine. (laughs) I'll take an Uber. I'll lift from here, (laughs) middle of the ocean. Yeah, it's like, uh, ma'am, we're still over the Atlantic Ocean. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. I'll figure it out. (laughs) I'll stretch my legs. I'll get my steps in. Yeah, but I am, uh, I have not been reading much of mysteries lately, but all of the reads that I have lined up are mystery reads, so I'm super excited about that. Well, I am super excited because I finally finished a book. Granted, it was the one I mentioned in our last episode, which was Two Girls Down by Louisa Luna, and I just finished the audiobook today on my drive home from work, and I loved it so much that I immediately downloaded the second book in the series and started listening to that. So I am full, fully on board the Louisa Luna train. <laughs> I love I love that when that happens, when you, especially when 
It's like almost the stars align when you finish your audiobook on your way home on a Friday <laughs> and it turns out to be a, like a book that you love, like you enjoy the experience immensely. So Yeah, and even better when there's a second one in the series exactly. that's immediately available. Oh my, when you don't have to wait for like 10 more weeks. I love it. I love it. I'm glad that happened for you today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a very exciting episode. So before we jump in, let's hear from our first sponsor. This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored in part by Macmillan Audio. In the fourth installment of Found Things series, City of Time and Magic, Xanthi meets Paul Braxton's most famous heroine, Elizabeth Hawksmith from The Witch's Daughter in this crossover story with all the historical detail, village charm, and twisty plotting of the Found Things series. Don't miss the follow-up to Paula Braxton's The Garden of Promises and Lies, where two of your favorite heroines finally meet to face Xanthi's greatest challenge yet. Paula is the New York Times bestselling author of the Little Shop of Found Things series and The Witch's Daughter. Listeners of The Witch's Daughter will recognize Elizabeth Hawksmith in the latest Found Things series installment. So that's City of Time and Magic by Paula Braxton. And we thank Macmillan Audio very much for sponsoring this show. All right. So if you are a new listener, welcome. We are delighted to have you. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. We are delighted that you've decided to put us in your ears again. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, we talk about mysteries and thrillers and suspense and true crime and just about anything that falls under that very large umbrella, whether it's read-alikes for favorite authors or new mystery suspense subgenres that we haven't talked about much or themed, just kind of themed book list ideas or movie adaptations or anything else that, like I said, fall, falls under that big general category of mystery and suspense. And if you have listened to the show before, you know that this is the part of the episode where we always put out a call to our listeners to let us know if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes, because they really do help us plan so many future episodes when we're fresh out of ideas. It's a really great way for us to know what you, the listeners, would like to hear more of. It's a great way for us to expand our own reading horizons. So if you have any ideas or recommendations to us, you can shoot us an email or reach out to us via social media. We're going to have all of our contact information at the end of the show and in the show notes, so you don't have to write it down now. But we just like to get those creative juices flowing at the beginning. And even if you don't have an idea and you just want to say hi, we love hearing from our listeners. So definitely drop us a note if you would like to say hi. And if you enjoy this podcast, definitely leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us and join us and become a part of this fabulous community that we've created over the last few years. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say let's, well, there's not a whole lot happening in, in the whole news segment where we usually talk about movie adaptations and other big things happening. Not a whole lot going on right now. And we've got a ton of books that we want to discuss in this episode. So I say let's go ahead and jump right in. What do you say, Nezra? I agree. I am super, super excited for this episode. I think it's going to be a fun one. Um, and Somebody might have to stop me. Like somebody might have to take my mic away. <laughs> Just stop me now. Stop, stop me, me now. now. I already have put out a disclaimer. This might go on for a while. <laughs> All right. So yeah, this is our annual holiday episode. So if you're looking for ideas for 
for gifts to give for your friends and family this holiday season, or if you just want some ideas to give yourself a little gift, hey, we're not judging. We are going to provide you with a ton of suggestions, and we've done it a little differently over the years, but this year we went back to something that we've done before where we each picked a few different big name authors that people typically like, oh yeah, I've, you know, I always want to read the latest insert author's name here, and giving you some maybe lesser known author read-alikes. Like if you if you know you have a friend who really likes this particular author, give them this read-alike that's a little bit under the radar and totally blow their minds at how awesome you are at suggesting books. That's our plan. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and I... I think reading for me over the years has is it's always like this experience where I am chasing an experience I've already have. I mean, of that that of course that feeling of reading something you've never read before and just taking it that feeling taking over you is something that's incomparable. But when I go into a book, it's usually you know because someone has set up my expectations that oh like. It's, it's a little bit of this and this, a little bit of this and this. And that's usually what directs me to a book uh, or what makes me seek out that book. So it's um, th- th- that's what our thought process was that so many of the times, uh, so many so many people I have to buy books for, they've already read all of their favorite authors' works already. And um, it feels like picking a needle from the haystack when you when you're trying to come up with something new uh, or like when you're trying to come up with something they might like. So we've tried to um, narrow it down in where maybe the experience was replicated or some quality of like a classic author has lived through the works of these contemporary authors. Uh, So it's, it's going to be an exciting one. So Katie, do you want to go ahead and start us off with your first author and uh, the read alike? (laughs) Yes, I would be delighted. And actually this is one where I cheated and I actually have two read alikes because I just couldn't pick. So the first author that I picked was Leanne Moriarty and she is such a popular author at my library. Honestly, the three authors I picked are ones that are super popular at my library, which is how I decided. But so with her latest book, Apples Never Fall, or people who are getting to know her through The Husband's Secret or Big Little Lies, like Leanne Moriarty is super popular. And she's also one of those authors where a lot of times her books are checked out. And so people are like, well, what do I read while I'm waiting for her? So two of the authors that I recommend for people looking for someone like Leanne Moriarty, one of them is Kimberly McCrate, who I have talked about on the show before. She writes domestic thriller, legal thriller type stories, but she has characters that are so complex and the relationships are really at the heart of what makes these stories tick. And if you are looking for a specific book by Kimberly McCrate, I really like to direct people to Reconstructing Amelia, which was the first book of hers that I came across, which was almost 10 years ago by this point. But Reconstructing Amelia is one of her it, I don't think it gets as much attention as some of her later books, but it's about a woman who is a lawyer and she gets a she gets a call in the middle of a meeting saying that her teenage daughter 
has been suspended from her exclusive private high school, and Kate, the, the, the woman, has to come pick her up. But by the time she gets to the school, tragedy has struck, and it appears that Amelia has jumped from the roof of the school building and has died. And... Kate is just, you know, how did this happen? You know, what was going on in my daughter's life that I didn't know about? And this is the type of book where you go back and forth between the past and the present from Kate's investigation of, you know, oh my gosh, what actually happened to Amelia to Amelia's own perspective. And you start putting the pieces together and you get get this portrait of this, of who Amelia was. And it's just a really... It's a really thoughtful book. There are, it's suspenseful, but it's not gratuitous. It's just, it's just such a good book and it is a page turner. Oh my gosh. I, I recommend this book to so many people. And so that is my first pick for Leanne Moriarty read alike. So that's Reconstructing Amelia. And then my second one is another book that I have talked about so many times on this show. And that is Miracle Creek by Angie Kim. And this book is, oh my gosh, it is so, so good. You will probably want to get or have a pretty good idea of how, of what you're, if whoever you're giving the book to, if they're sensitive to stories involving the death of a child, this one might, might be a little difficult. Again, it's not gratuitous, but it can be, you know, it can be very triggering for people. But in this book, there is a group of people that are that are undergoing treatment for different medical conditions in this hyperbaric chamber that is owned by this Korean family in Virginia and so they've been going into this chamber for treatment and there is an explosion in the chamber and a couple and someone is killed it's an eight uh, an eight year old boy with autism. And the book kicks off with the with the trial of the boy's mother, who is suspected of starting the fire and intentionally killing her child. And it is a very heavy subject matter, but again, the characters are at the heart of this story. And what Angie Kim does with this book is so incredible. She just takes so many characters. I think the the story is told from like six or seven different viewpoints. And it's just layered so perfectly on top of each other. Each piece, it's like a jigsaw puzzle fitting together. And each perspective reveals new information and new considerations. And it's just so well done. And again, this, this is another one that is, that really is a page turner. It's a legal thriller. It's a domestic suspense novel but there's a lot of there's a lot of heart and there's a lot of thoughtfulness in this story and it's just such an incredible book and again that is Miracle Creek by Angie Kim so I have not read Miracle Creek again yet (laughs) but I thought uh, your comp for um, Leanne Moriarty and Kimberly McGrade was so so apt because I read Kimberly McGrath's um, A Good Marriage, I believe. Oh, that's such a good and, one. And I have read, at this point, three of Leanne Mor- the I, I just can't quit Leanne Moriarty. I, like, I have a rough idea of how, what's going to go down, how it's going to go down. Um, but somehow, I just can't quit her. 
but like Kimberly McRae is such an apt, uh, like co- like comparable to her, where she where she like manages the story in such like you're in good hands with her, you oh, know, yeah. like how she like deftly navigates the story, peels the story, like peels layers. You ne- the twists never seem outrageous, mm-hmm. you know, to, like how with Ligian Moriarty they never seem they just seem like. They never seem like you're blindsided, but also twisted enough that you get surprised. I don't know. So that was a fantastic like um, pick. So I am, yeah, I am hyped for that one. Hashtag uh, nailed it. <laughs> go sign. So uh, my first pick is, so this one is actually um, something that I, so Book Riot's uh, book recommendation service, uh, DBR, um, I occasionally serve on it as a bibliologist where people you know write in what books they like and um, I give them comparable titles of uh, what they should read next and an author that I get a lot of is Elizabeth George and uh, specifically her Inspector Lindley series um, that are I think that are going on to this 22nd book there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of books. And I've actually read the first one, A Great Deliverance. Um, and what stood out to me for this one of like the first, I, I, I don't know when I'm going to make it through the 20, the rest of the 21 books, but the first one, um, it's set in an English, uh, you know, English town. It's, it's a very like small, com- a, a sort of a penis act rocks a small community. And then just how these secrets come to life and it's very uh, and there's also like a procedural sense to it right so it's like a mix of everything so what stood out to me was like the sense of atmosphere and then that like the character um because it is around inspector lindley and her story right like um so it's very much focused on the development of the character as well as the atmosphere so what what I often find myself recommending is Erica Locke and in particular her book, The Cutting Season, which I believe is the second in a series, but I read it out of, it can be read out of order. I don't think it's uh, something you have to read in order. Um, and this book, so I have, I've lived in Atlanta for five years. So I have a, like, and, you know, visits to Savannah and all of that were part of just living in Atlanta. And I, like the way that um, the Adekalog just like describes or just captures the mood that just the greenery in the South creates was like the first thing that stands out to you. But that's not the only thing. But it's it's so well done that I I I always like this is my instant like recommendation. Like ha- if you if you've enjoyed Elizabeth George, I would even say even if you've enjoyed Louise Penny. Um, this is a great another great comp that where it's like a the character study there's a procedural element but also there's like this deep rooted story story that's taking place um so a little bit about the cutting season it's about our character uh, Karen who is um who basically manages the grounds of Belvi which is a historic plantation in Louisiana she's managed for 4 years um and she's just doing her usual rounds um, when she when she stumbles upon you know the, like this crowd is gathering, like this crowd is gathering to a place. Um, when she gets there, what she finds is a dead body. So 
at like at a distance it seems like you know um the police come over they start questioning her it's it, it, it's um like at, at, at front, right away when she witnesses it it's she immediately wants to put distance between herself and the happening right because she's in this position where she has to answer a lot of questions she wants to make sure she doesn't step out in any way and puts herself in trouble but the more she unravels the story the more she comes to learn about Uh, the more about the history of the uh, plantation as well as the future of the plantation and she starts to learn more about how you know her ideas around what she was doing how they've been manufactured around this distorted perception of reality and this idea that she had um but then there are also elements of like you know uh like the how the how the investigation goes about it's not a procedural per se but it's very much in there and then if Annika Locke's other her other series which are I, which um the first one is Bluebird Bluebird which is Highway 59 uh which is the first book in the Highway 59 series that is a procedural set in Texas and um is a great second book to move on to after the cutting season but definitely start with the cutting season because of its fantastic atmosphere um and it's it just it just ticks all the boxes of like a slow build of like stories coming together of these secrets being buried of people not you know not really being who they seem to be and and it's like it's also combined with sharp commentary about just um about different things that you don't really expect to have in a mystery read so it's it's a very it's a very wholesome experience you get a bit of everything so uh that is the cutting season by Annika Locke yeah i actually i was just thinking while you were talking about the cutting season like she's gotten so much you know well deserved attention for bluebird bluebird recently in the highway 59 series that i for, i forgot about the cutting season that i've read it and i'm like oh my gosh i loved that book it like, was oh my gosh is such a good read yes, such yes. a good read <laughs> all right so my second pick um well i for The author that I'm going to do a read alike for is Paul Dwaran and he is an author who I there there are a few patrons at my library that are really dedicated readers of his books and the way I know that an author is popular when I do my periodic weeding of the adult fiction collection pulling stuff that hasn't been checked out in the last couple of years to make room for all the new stuff I don't think there was a single one of his books that was on that weeding list and he's written a lot of them and we have a lot of them. So he is best known for the Mike Bodich series and Mike Bodich is a game warden in Maine and this is one of those series where the occupation of the main character is one of the biggest driving points because the the stories all take place they're they're like within the wilderness kind of they're, they're rugged there is that kind of an adventurous element to it but just if you're but just it has a lot of like rugged nature and it has a really strong sense of place in that sense and i think that's one of the biggest pulls for this series 
or the locations and the main character's specific occupation that make the that make the story so interesting. So my pick as a read alike for Paul Dwaron is Alice Henderson's Alex Carter series, which there are two books in this in the series. It is a new series, but the first one is called A Solitude of Wolverines. And in this series, Alex Carter is a wildlife biologist who is dedicated to saving endangered species. So again, you've got that you've got that wilderness nature element with with rugged landscapes and really fighting the elements not only of murder but also of nature, which <laughs> tends to complicate things a lot. And so in the first book in A Solitude of Wolverines, um Alex Carter is studying wolverines in a wildlife sanctuary in Montana. And she finds herself run off the road and threatened by locals who do not want her around. So she's, I mean, she is undeterred. She really wants to go in there and help save the endangered wolverine. So she's got cameras in remote regions of the preserve. And so she's got, she's got all these cameras situated. And when she's going back through the photos, she discovers photos of a severely injured man who has seemingly become lost in the preserve and just kind of wandering in the wilderness. And so they send out a search party to look for him can't find anything. And Alex notices that the local law enforcement is kind of set on just dismissing the case altogether. And then, and then you get more, you get more, we'll call it negative human involvement, so to speak. Um, so once she's, she kind of starts pushing the boundaries and trying to figure out who this man is and you know what's going on she realizes that she has stumbled onto something much much bigger than she realized so yeah if you have someone on your on your gifting list who either really likes books with that strong sense of place or if they if they really like the 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 rugged nature settings of things like the Mike Bowditch series or maybe CJ Box or some of the, some of those other authors this would be a really good author to get them started on and again it is a new series so there's only two books so the first one is a solitude of wolverines and then if they really like that one they can pick up a Blizzard of Polar Bears, which just came out this year. And I love that title. Um, so again, that is A Solitude of Wolverines by Alice Henderson. Love it. I already added it to my list while we were talking. <laughs> you're, you're in good hands, guys. This is coming from the mouth of a librarian. We are like, we are solid. Um, you can't see it, but I just gave rock and roll fingers right here. <laughs> Uh, before we, before I move on to my next pick, uh, Katie, do you want to go ahead and give us our second sponsor? I would be delighted. So our second sponsor for this episode is Choose Me by Tess Gerritsen from Amazon Publishing. 
And Choose Me is the sexy murder mystery from New York Times bestselling author Tess Gerritsen and acclaimed thriller writer Gary Braver is now available wherever books are sold. And in this story, Detective Frankie Loomis begins investigating a brilliant college student's sudden death. And she knows in her gut that there is much more to the story than what she's hearing. To English professor Jack Dorian, Taryn was the ultimate fantasy. And now that she's dead, his problems are just beginning. Jack had secrets and he is guilty of deception, but is he capable of cold-blooded murder? So again, this is from Tess Garrison, who has written 28 suspense novels And she is partnering with Gary Braver, who is the pen name of college professor Gary Gashgarian. And he is the best-selling author of eight critically acclaimed mysteries and thrillers. This is their, as we said before, their sexy new thriller about a reckless affair and dangerous secrets. So if this sounds like something that would be up your alley, you can start reading this book now at amazon.com slash choose me. And again, that is Choose Me by Tess Gerritsen from Amazon Publishing. And we thank them very much for sponsoring this episode. All right. So... My next author that I wanted to suggest an alternative was is because of multiple reasons. First of all, uh, so the author is James McCain, and uh, the, the book that I'm thinking of is The Postman Always Rings Twice, and then, you know, Mildred Pierce, and his books are, I will say this about his books, they're very singular, like it's hard to find comps for his uh, for his works in the contemporary um, contemporary authors. But that might be, in some ways, it sometimes is okay because if his language and his plots that he uses are are dated. And I, I, like I, his books are fantastic. Like there's like, they're a whole mood, but he, I find his plot and his reading very, like writing very dated, even to a point where I can't, uh, I, find, I just find it disorienting even in terms of when he was writing it. So I, I've always been, uh, but like I said, his book, his works are very singular and his audience is very hardcore, you know, uh, in love with him. And hey, you know, like he, he, inve- like he, I wouldn't say invented, but he supplemented the genre of like noir really well. So like, you know, kudos to him for that. But you, if you have someone in your life who does love James McCain, has read all of his works, or just wants to try something new, but with a more contemporary setting, um, I have just a pick for you. So it's S.A. Cosby. And he only has had two books out so far. And we talk about S.A. Cosby on this show so much, so much for that, especially in the past year, because his books have been giving getting the fame that they deserve. But his books, I feel like, uh, especially his second book, his latest book, The Razorblade Tears, his books are able to capture for me at least that essence of... Um... So for me, what makes a James McCain book is the, the dialogue, right? So he basically creates this... He brings his characters to life, not by the actions they do, um, but by what they're saying, right? And by their conversations. And he... he James McCain has a lot of commentary sewn in his dialogue so you see like how uh like how a ma- like how two people react you immediately learn a lot about them in that dialogue like or in that conversation like where they stand in the society or maybe what jo- kind of jobs they might have what kind of um 
what kind of cities they might be coming from, what kind of accents they may have. So you learn a lot just from the conversations that are being had in James McKeon's novels, right? And S.A. Cosby is, an, especially the one I'm talking about in particular is Razorblade Tears, where through um, the inner monologues and the conversations, the story is coming to life, or you're learning more about the time that it is set in, the tensions that are present between the past and the present and the future. Um, and then this other so I'm recommending S.A. Cosby as a whole. So I'm going to be talking about both of his books interchangeably. Um, and then his book, The Blacktop Wasteland, in my opinion, did that thing where uh, James McCain books also work. is very. It's a very slow, you know, you're learning about this character. And then all of a sudden, uh, the climax, you, like, it picks up pace where it just did not let up. So um, S.A. Cosby's whole body of work, I think, is such a great, compliment like it's it's a great compliment to read with uh, James McCain works because he does a lot of that recreating that at re, re, like recreating a situation or circumstance through his writing as well as like the monologues either between characters or just within their heads um but the one that I would recommend starting with is Razorblade Tears and this is again one that we have talked about on the show um but just a quick refresher it's about uh, two fathers who have who have pasts of their own, and um, you know they're they're moving past those pasts. They're trying to uh, like just they're just trying to move on from that. When um, and this is happening parallel, right? When uh, to each of their fa- like the fathers, um, the police comes knocking at their door, and just the, the way that their pasts are shaped up, they are. They've, they've just come to fear the fact that the police shows up at their door, right? So when the police shows up at their door, um, they're expecting, you know, oh, oh, like, we didn't even do anything. What's going on? But they find out that each of their sons has been murdered and their sons um, were in a relationship with each other. And what opens up is um, like this what opens up is like obviously the relationship comes to life right like how these fa- and how these fathers have sort of struggled with their sons identities but also now how how they're no longer there like the the tumultuous emotions that they're feeling but then also how they decide to take revenge so like how they're like okay so we've left the devices in our past but now it's time to pull them back in and how the bear up how these very two unlikely people bear up for like this one cause and you know they play the role of vigilantes and it's a whole thing so so S.A. Cosby does a lot of the things that make James McCain you know so fantastic like atmosphere dialogue characters but then S.A. Cosby is also a singular experience on or like on his own so it's like you get a lot of um you get something familiar as well as something different with this so uh but i would highly recommend it so if you have and you're someone in your life or you yourself love james mccain and are looking to you know branch out maybe have a different kind of experience but holding on to the similar things that james mccain does um i'd recommend you try razorblade tears by essay cosby and then followed by black dog faceland by essay cosby yeah i love the idea of just giving a a classic name like James McCain and just like giving it some fresh air and like, you know, just, or just giving it a contemporary twist. I I just love that idea. Let's bring some freshness in here. <laughs> yeah. And especially for me, it's the dialogue is, uh, 
even though it's so fantastic for like James, like I said, like I don't need to sing any more verses for James McCain. But when you read his works, you do get that sense of, you know, huh, like you feel discomfort, like the, like why? You know, like you just yeah, it, it's time to freshen up his work. So here here we are. Here's your recommendation for that. <laughs> All right. And then my third author that I wanted to do a read-alike for is Daniel Silva. And Daniel Silva is one of those authors that as soon as I hear he has a new book coming out, I immediately pre-order like multiple copies for our patrons because inevitably there's going to be a huge waiting list and we're just going to need as many copies as we can conceivably circulate while while his his new books are or while his new book is still super hot. So if you have never read Daniel Silva, he writes the Gabriel Allen um, spy thriller series and I have lost track of how many books he has written. I'm thinking it's probably close to 20. So it's been a really long running series and he has a lot of really dedicated readers. And one of the reasons why his books are so popular, I think, is that you have this spy thriller at the center of the book, but it's not just like, oh, James Bond and, you know, and, you know, mystery and intrigue. And it, like, it's not, it's not just go, 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 go all the time. There are a lot of layers to his story. There's a lot of cultural elements, but there's just a lot of interesting things going on that make it more than just, you know, just a paint by numbers, you know, action spy thriller type of reading experience. So when I started, when I was thinking about, oh, what might we give to someone who's looking for, you know, who's looking for that kind of fast paced read, but, you know, they don't want, you know, a run of the mill espionage thriller. So I started looking at some authors who have recently come out with, again, these these spy thrillers that are more than just what's at the core of the story. And I decided to go with Red Widow by Alma Katsu. Now, we have talked about Alma Katsu on the show before. Um, specifically, you want to go for Red Widow because she writes a, she writes in a lot of different genres. And while I am just over the moon with her book, The Hunger, it is definitely not a read alike for Daniel Silva. It is like historical horror. And if you have someone on your list who really digs historical horror, definitely give them Hunger by Alma Katsu. But for this one, Red Widow, this is her most recent book. It is a spy thriller about two female CIA agents who end up intertwined with each other in ways that they did not expect. So the one of the women's name is Lindsay Duncan, and she is worried that her CIA career may be over. And she is, she's sent home at the beginning of the book. She is sent back to Washington, D.C. on administrative leave. And while she is homebound, so to speak, a former colleague who is now chief of the Russia division recruits her for an internal investigation. And she is immediately all over the all over this thinking, okay, I have a chance to redeem myself here. So Lindsay was known as the human lie detector when she worked at the Moscow field station. And she 
was praised for recruiting some of the most senior Russian officials in the department. But now three Russian assets have been discovered, including one of her own. And the CIA is convinced that there is a mole in the department. And so not only does Lindsay think, oh, hey, here's a chance to redeem myself from my previous missteps, but now she's she's thinking, oh, shoot, I now have to defend all of the years of work I put into this. Like, all of that is in jeopardy right now. So that's what's going on with Lindsay Duncan. Meanwhile, the second agent in this story, Teresa Warner, is known as the Red Widow. She is the wife of a former director who was killed in the field under mysterious circumstances. And with her husband's legacy and his mysterious death shadowing her every move, she has become a fixture of the Russia division. And she and Lindsay strike up an unusual friendship. And her knowledge really proves to be invaluable to Lindsay. But... Then Lindsay discovers a surprising connection to Teresa that could answer all of her questions, but it also exposes a bunch of dark secrets within the department. So there's just, there's a lot of stuff going on in this story. So there's there's the espionage angle, there is the whole, you know, the danger at home, so to speak, like, you know, there's, there's danger abroad. And then there's also, there's also bad stuff going on on the home front in the department that they both have very strong ties to. But there's also the, the relationships between the two female characters. And there's just, there just seems like there's a lot of interesting things going on in this book. So if you have someone on your list who is, Again, looking for something new, are looking for just, you know, yeah, something to breathe in a little fresh air to some of some of the spy stories that they may already be familiar with. This would be a really good one to put in their hands because again, this one I think is definitely an under the radar type of read, even though Alma Katsu has gotten much more popular over the last couple of years. She, it's still one of one of those books that I a lot of the average reader may not have heard of her, or they may be familiar with, you know, her book The Hunger, but they may not be familiar with with her foray into espionage thrillers. So again, that is Red Widow by Alma Katsu. Cosign Alma Katsu has so much range. She is fantastic. Um, all right, my last pick is another classic author. I. I Apparently, I'm taking on something here, uh, taking on a project. Uh, my um, pick is Patricia Highsmith, and I love Patricia Highsmith so much. I her her books are close. So in my so you know how in your head you have these like I have Shirley Jackson, for instance. I tried very hard to come up with a comparable author, and I just couldn't do it. I, I had to give that idea up. I was like, no, no one comes close in my head to Shirley Jackson. <laughs> And Patricia Highsmith is an author that I that almost happened that that, that almost happened with, but but I I found I found authors I found two authors so oh. uh, <laughs> so uh, so we're good we're good. But if you are unfamiliar with Patricia Highsmith's work, she's the author of the talented Mr. Ripley, Carol, uh, Strangers on a Train, um, and her books. I think the first word that pops into my head when I think about her is her books invoke the sense of claustrophobia 
like this sense of claustrophobia that you might feel when you're high, like when your anxiety is high, when you're in a particularly stressful confrontation with someone, you know, those moments of anxiety where it just feels like, is this in my head? Is this valid? Or is this like, like, am I overreacting to something? Or is this like genuinely an anxiety inducing situation, you know? And her books have that impact on you where there are these characters which very often have no redeemable qualities, but you just become so invested in them, in their fates that you just can't look away. And then obviously her writing is exquisite. She writes, she she wrote slim volumes. Like her books were not chunky, but like each sentence has meaning in them. Um, so her books are fan, like her books are fantastic. So obviously I'm always on the hunt to recreate that experience. And a book that I feel like has come close is Three by D.A. Mishani. And uh, he is an author that I've talked about. I, th- I think I've talked about this book before. But this book, uh, I just want to mention it again because it did such a, it does such a good job at replicating that sense of claustrophobia where you almost want to like scratch your arm. Like, like, oh my God, like get me out of this situation. But at the same time, you want to know you want to know what happens to these characters. So our story starts off with this, um, uh, with Orna, who is a divorcee. And she meets Gil on an uh, online dating site. The story is set in Tel Aviv, Israel. And um, she is, you know, Orna is like going through a rough time because her she's ha- like her son. She's feeling herself getting distant from her son. Um, it's just a bad you know, dynamic going on between her family, her um, now ex-husband. So she sort she sorts of, you know, becomes entangled with Gil and starts dating him and thinks that it'll be a nice distraction. She doesn't have much expectations out of this dating relationship. And it's just like a, something to fill her time with. But as soon you know, as time passes on, she starts becoming more and more closer to Gil, so starts actually envisioning a future with her with him, and then she goes away with him and then uh and then she just goes away with him and, you know, this our story is going on. But then our story also, like, apart from Orna, it's also the story of two other women in Tel Aviv and how... Um, and how the story unravels or how you want to see this, like, how you want to... Like, what makes you keep reading the story is how the fates of Orna entangle with these two women, which is so how do I put it? Which is so unexpectedly done. No, not, it's not unexpected, but it's just so, it's a, like a work of art, how that happens. And it, it reminded me so much of how Patricia Highsmith, like she does that in her works where um, the writing is exquisite, of course, but like the, the plotting, it feels like you are unf- watching an artist at a, like at their exhibition, you know, like you're watching them, unfold their work of art so this book felt like that and it was like cringy because you were you you know you wanted to like shake some of the characters and be like what are you doing or but at the same time you had this empathy for them because you understood where like because uh dm shani has he's given you enough context about them where you have where you're almost rooting for them so um it's you feel so much 
when reading this book. So that's my first one. That's Tree by D.M. Mishani. And then uh, D.M. Mishani also has a series, uh, which is a procedural, again, set in Tel Aviv, Israel. And um, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it is also, I've, I've heard equal, um, equally fantastic things about it. But then my second pick, a second author is, uh, and like this is, again, I think I've talked about this, but this is um, Palace of the Drowned by Christine Mangan. And uh, so this one is um, set in uh, Venice and it is, it is very well done because like, you know how like in Strangers on a Train, if you've either read the book or seen the movie, how train is this, this omnipresent element because duh, it's in the title. But like in this one, Venice is like a very huge presence, right? It's it's it, it's very much part of our main character Frankie's story, um, and then we sort of see her story, like how she's recovering from this outburst she had um, back in, in back in London, how she's trying to escape that, and then how she stumbles um, onto this person called Gilly, who claims to be one of her biggest fans, who claims to be her admirer and a friend, and how Gilly's trying to like wiggle her way into Frankie's life, but it's not sitting quite right with Frankie because she's wondering how she doesn't remember this person who's supposedly such an integral part of her life. So that element of where did this person come from is very reminiscent of um, Patricia Highsmith's work. I won't mention which one. I won't. I won't do it. But um, again, Christine, uh, Christine Mangan is one of those authors who do a very good job at talking about, like, at bringing that tension between relationships, especially relationships, you know, especially friendships, uh, that tension that exists uh, onto the page in a very real way. Even her work, Tangerine, was a similar, um, you know, similar capturing of tension between two friends and their toxic relationship. Um, and there's a mystery revolving around that, obviously. So these two authors, I, I was surprised that I, I went from zero to two in like 30 seconds, but I I think, um, I think they come pretty close to re like recreating that set that thing that sense that Patricia Heisman is so good at. And they're also fantastic works to read. Like you don't have to have you're not you're not supposed to be looking for a Patricia Highsmith's comparable to read these, but if you are then you definitely need to pick these up. So that's the first is three by DA Mishani and the second is Palace of the Drowned by Christine Manga. I love that when we started talking about planning this episode, we're like, okay, we'll do three authors each. That's fine. And, you know, that'll be enough. And then independently, we each picked a bonus, <laughs> a bonus suggestion for one of the authors. Like, this, this is how sad we roll. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, there are, every book has its reader. And so there are all kinds of fantastic books to gift. But if you are looking for suggestions, we hope that these eight books, I'm doing the math on my fingers now, these eight <laughs> books give you some ideas for your friends and family, give them something new that they maybe haven't read, and we are totally willing to let you take all the credit when they go, oh my gosh, this book was amazing, you are the best. So go forth and amaze all of your friends and family, and if you know of any other books that have been a hit with people that you have gifted them to, let us know, because I've still got a bunch of gift-giving left to do, and even though I do this as a job, actually, both my, my daytime job and my Book Riot job is recommending books to people, 
I'm always looking for new titles. So hit us up if you have any good suggestions. Absolutely. Especially if you have, you know, books that you think we should read uh, in terms of these authors, any other th- authors you might think of that we've spoken about before. Um, we're always game to try new authors. <laughs> All right. And then real quickly, um, new re- we're a little low on new releases, which usually happens around this time of the year. All the big releases were in, were earlier in the fall, and then we got to wait for January. But Nezra, you did, you did uncover a new release that you wanted to highlight. Why don't you go ahead and give that to us? Yes. So uh, this one is one that I discovered in our in Book Riot's Unusual Suspects newsletter, which is authored by Jamie, who is a fantastic resource for everything mystery. Um, and this is The Shadows of Men by Abir Mukherjee. And this is the fifth book in the series. It's the fifth book in the, I believe, the Captain Windham sto- uh, series. I am not 100% sure about the name of the series, but this is the fifth book. And when I read this, um, when I saw this book featured in the newsletter, I could not believe that there is a book like this that exists out there. And I have not, you know, um, I have not read this series yet. So I am, so I immediately bumped this up on my radar. And I wanted to make sure that this, you know, that this gets bumped on your radar as well. So um, it's it's already out by when you'll be hearing this. It came out on November 11th. So when you're hearing this, it's ready for you to order. Um and it's, it tells the story of um, police detective Captain Sam Wyndham and Sergeant Surrender Not Banerjee, set in 1920s Calcutta. Um, when a Hindu, Hindu theologian is found murdered in his home, the city is on the brink of all-out religious war. Can the officers of the Imperial Police Force, Captain Sam and Sergeant Surrender Not Banerjee, track down these those responsible in time to stop a bloodbath? Set at a time of heightened political tension beginning in atmospheric Calcutta and taking the detectives all the way to bustling Bombay, the latest installment in this remarkable series presents Wyndham and Banerjee with an unprecedented challenge. Will this be the case that finally drives them apart? Um, I can, I can, I, I cannot wait for this. I cannot wait to get to this part where I can enjoy this book. But if you're out there, you've already. Um, gulp down the series. This book is out and about. And if it's not already on your radar, start reading it with me. Um, I I absolutely love books that are set in 1920s, Calcutta, Bombay, just because it was such a huge time of culture transition for the subcontinent, for these two regions. Um, And you see a huge cultural shift happening in history. And just that being captured in literature is amazing to watch. So again, that's The Shadows of Men by Abir Mukherjee. All right. And with that, that is our show. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you so much to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zink, who always makes us sound great. For show notes, you can head over to bookrad.com slash listen. For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookrad.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookrad.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. Um, if you want to send an email with feedback or so suggestions, you can reach us at redordead at bookride.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Javed Nasra. That's J-A-V-E-D-N-U-S-R-A-H. And you can find me on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we will talk to you next time. <laughs>